It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for a Thursday edition, March 22nd. That means Facebook Live. I'm taking your questions as we go. Got no help last night. I mean no help last night. We'll talk a little bit about whether the Jazz might be tired climbing uphill for this whole run. Things to just make us nervous and worry. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's program and joining in Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast about the Utah Jazz, giving you expertise, insight, a little geeky numbers, and a look behind the curtains uh, as well on the program. Uh, had an amazing uh Asian dinner in Dallas, which has got two of my favorite Asian restaurants. So if anyone's coming to Dallas, of all weird things, not barbecue, but Asian. Uh, today's show brought to you by Devon Cash Equity Real Estate by Mazuma USA and by The Advocates. All right, let's run through a little bit of where things are going on uh, in the NBA and where we sit and how things look. And then we'll take your questions and, and talk a little bit, uh, if we can, about whether there's an answer to some of the offensive scuffling uh, that we have going on right now. So last night was not good. Again. Uh, San Antonio has done exactly what I said they had to do, which is win five of their six home games. They've won five straight. They're playing defense again. Uh, They've clamped down, playing inside their system. They've beat Orlando, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State, and Washington. And this has been my point the whole time. Like, the probability models don't have you winning five straight games at 60%, but in the playoffs, that's what you do, is you win five straight games of that in the playoff rush. So they are are abs- – San Antonio is a playoff team again. They've done exactly what they needed to do. Uh, they beat Washington last night. Uh, so far in the playoffs, the Spurs are 4-2 and t- going after the f- Spurs are 4-2 and two in games they should win. 1-0 and oh in pick'ems. Uh, one and three and below, and one and zero. Oh, they're they're absolutely on the pace to do what they need to do. Uh, last night, breaking a two game losing streak, Denver went to Chicago and won on the road. Uh, the rest of this road trip is Washington, Philadelphia, and Toronto. They gotta grab one here, and maybe two, and then they have the Thunder. Uh, then things are get a little softer for them, uh, and they also play playoff teams. So Denver's got to go. If Denver grabs two of the next three, we should hit panic. If De- though, I still think forty-seven is just our number. Um, if Denver uh, wins, loses all three, we probably can eliminate them. If they get one of two, three next three, we probably have to keep an eye on them. Uh, big week coming up here for Portland, who's in great shape, but they can impact things because they play the Thunder and the Pelicans after playing Boston uh, later in the week. Then also last night, the Pelicans, a great win. The Pelicans are playing five games in six nights. The toughest one of the group was last night against Indiana, and they won it. And so the Pelicans are just a legitimately rolling through this thing 
right now in very impressive fashion. They're two and one in games they should win, which isn't great, but they're four and one in their pick'em games, which should be fifty fifty, and they're four and one, and they're three and two in unlikely games. They are far exceeding uh, what people anticipated and their models as well. And then a great win last night for the Clippers. In Milwaukee, after losing four straight, they beat Milwaukee last night on the back end of a back-to-back, and that's the kind of win that changes who the Clippers are because the Clippers have eight more games, nine more games, where they're favored by 60% or more. The Clippers are two and three in games in which they had a 20 to 40% win probability, two and two in games with a 60 to 80. If they get hot in those, they become really legitimate. I'm still telling you, 47 is how I'm looking at this. We'll, we'll do a whole review maybe tomorrow uh, on the show, kind of what exact same thing we did last Friday. I think it was Friday where we ran through each and every team. Uh, tonight, the Jazz play Dallas. They have to win. I mean, it's not like not like it's over if they don't, but pretty big, 61%. Uh, Pelicans play the Lakers on their fifth game in six nights, which if they win, then if I were them, I'd sit everybody against Houston and take three days off to recover. Um, and so those are the only games tonight that have playoff possibility. The next night is Mammoth, by the way. The next night we have the... Uh, Minnesota on Friday night. Minnesota's playing New York. We're playing San Antonio. Miami is battling it out with Oklahoma City. Denver is in Washington. Portland's playing Boston. Pelicans finally get a night off. And the Clippers are playing Indiana. So, uh, big one. Our win probability tonight, 61 when we did this. It's 35 tomorrow, and it's 24 in Oakland. So, a tough little stretch of games here for the Jazz to, to deal with um, and, to, and to get things rolling. Uh, the Jazz offensively have not been great for a while. Last The other night was particularly bad. It was our 62nd in our performances. And, and Sacramento is not a good defensive team. We had a 104, which isn't great. Phoenix is not a good defensive team. 111, which is okay. Detroit, 111, that's okay. The Pelicans 108, which was pretty good. Memphis 99. Indiana was great, 112 offensive rating. Orlando not great, 103. Sacramento pretty bad, 101. Minnesota's terrible defensively, uh, great, 114. The reason I mentioned this is, and then post-All-Star break, the Dallas, last time we played Dallas, we only had a 97.5 and Houston 88. So on this road trip, we're beginning to play some teams that defend and we're going to have to find a way to find offense. I'm always a little stunned when I fill out my sheet right now before every game that has all my kind of base notes on it before I get to my second-level detail stuff, and I get to the Jazz three-point shooters. So our best three-point shooter is Joe Ingles at 44.3%, and he's great. Our second best is Jonas Jerebko at 398 Our third best three-point shooter right now is Royce O'Neal, who I believe since the All-Star break is at about 14%. And he's at 34% for the season. Donovan is down to 33%. He's probably truly our third best, but statistically he's not. Royce O'Neal is. So that's a little, you know, that makes me a little unnerved when, you know, our essence is that we're going to move the ball, swing it around, 
and and be a three point shooting team. And then we have these three point shooting nights that we've had recently, and it's like, oh my gosh, how that happened? Well, maybe maybe a, you know when Joe doesn't suddenly have a great night, maybe that's who we are. Post All Star break, Royce O'Neal is four of twenty four from three. You know, he's still a great defensive player. He's still learning the league. He's figuring out who he is as a player. So it's not, that's just a fact. And that statistically is our third best three-point shooter. Donovan, I think, is in the last 10 games at 27%. Ricky Rubio in the last 10 games is at 30%. Jay Crowder is at 37% from three since he's joined us, so maybe he fits. But those aren't guys, we don't have a lot of guys who when the ball comes to them and it swings around the outside, we get the blender going where you're sitting there and saying, oh, yeah, that's." it's more of like, Joe, we think it's going in, right? Jarebko corner three, I think it's going in. Jarebko above the break, I don't think it's going in. I don't know if you know those difference if I've if I think I've shared that with you in the past but um, I don't know if this is updated only because this again the internet here is so bad but as of last time I updated Jonas was 54% from the corner and 29% on above the break this was hard for me to tell when this was last updated but semi recently maybe the last few days Uh, and I could try to update it again but Again, gosh, I just tried to do something else, and it's just frozen. Gosh, this sucks. It's the internet. In 2018 here in Dallas, it would be nice if it would work. Um, our above-the-break three-point shooting for the season since they is Alec Burks, 32%. Jay Crowder, 28%. Derek Favors, one for seven. Joe Ingles, 43%. Jarebko, 29%. Donovan, 32%. Did I miss anybody? Um, I think that's, you know, so that's that's why that corner three is important. And then when Royce doesn't hit the corner three like he did the other night, favors corner three, Alec is 33%. Jay Crowder is 46 since he's joined us. Uh, Derek Favors is 25%. Joe Ingles is 47 Jarebko's 54%. Donovan's 49% on the corner three. It's a little bit of where we miss Neto. Um, on when and when we see Neto coming back, and I'm sure when we see you know where Neto just makes that one or two threes a night, it actually seems to make a difference. So there's a little bit of a concern there as we go on this road trip of whether the offense uh, is good enough to come with us. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Devin has been with us from the beginning. He does great work. We've talked a lot about how he approaches real estate at, from the viewpoint of a teacher, trying to make you feel comfortable. The one thing I do, uh, I talked to Devin the other day, and he wanted me to let you know is, you know, a lot of people have a misconception on what it takes to actually buy a house. You actually, do you at, we take a survey of people and say, you know, what percentage of money do you think you need down and how much money do you think you need? You actually be wrong. Devin can walk you through the process of what you need, and you may find it's something you can do more easily than you believe, and Devin loves working with first-time home buyers. So give Devin a call at 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. He used to give two free season tickets. When you buy, bought or sell your home with him, he'll give you a percentage of the commission at this point of the season. But Ra- Ryan and Natalie 
Goldberg wrote to me, Tim and Whitney McKee, Kyle Diener, uh, Zach Campbell, a bunch of people have Locked on Jazz listeners have used Devin and had a great experience with him. You can do the same. So give Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate a call. Again, that number or text 801-759-1495. Today's show is also brought to you by Mazuma USA. If you have one to five employees and you're not using Mazuma, you are losing money and clarity. We all hate doing books. We all hate trying to find 12 months of information, and your business is so important to you. You've got better things to do. So here's the deal with Mazuma. For $75 a month, maybe Devin Cash should use this. For $75 a month, I mean, real estate agents, this is great. Uh, $75 a month, you get bookkeeping reports, unlimited consultation with a CPA, personal and business tax return. So here's how it works. You set sign up. No contracts, canceled any time, no hidden fees. They, you sign up, you have an orientation call with your bookmaker and your CPA. They're not switching either. You get that bookmaker and you get that CPA. They're yours. They're, that's who you interact with. You're not getting a different person you have to reset every time. They get you your first set of reports. Then they have a tax planning discussion with you. Every month you get a report. Every quarter you get a tax planning call. At the end of the year, they take care of it all for you. It's MazumaUSA.com. Use the promo code LOCK to get 25% off. So that's your $75 a month. Just became a lot less. Or you can call for a free consultation, 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102. MazumaUSA.com. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because let's be honest here. If it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at freshly.com slash locked on NBA. That's freshly.com slash locked on NBA. All right, let's do this. Let's take some questions from you guys. Um, although the Hawks lost stings, would a loss to the Spurs on a back-to-back be even more devastating to put our playoff hopes at risk? No, absolutely not. The loss to the Hawks was far worse um, because it was an expected win, and that's an expected loss. I guess if we were to win in San Antonio, we'd be gaining that one back. That's one of the very few chances we have to gain that one back. The problem with the loss to the Hawks is that you you have almost – and that's not even – Again, all the way back. Um, I, you know, for us to get to forty-seven, I had us project. We have four unlikely games, and I have us projected. You got to go get at least. So here's the deal: we have 
We have four games left that are unlikely, 20 to 40. We have three games left that are should wins. We have three games left that are certain wins. Probably, we need, and we have two games left that are pickups. So if you break that into, we have seven games left. Excuse me, we have six, we need seven more wins. We have six games left that are should wins, including tonight. We got to get five of those six. We have six games left that are pickems or we're not favored. We got to get two of those six. That's the way to break it down. And that's how we're getting to seven more wins to get in the playoffs. What an incredibly awesome fun run this has been. Um, but that's that's how I look at it. So, and specifically to those, um, and one of them one of them you have to get is the Clippers at home, which is. The Clippers at home is a should win. It's one of those six. The six games that are gimmies, I think it's going to be hard to get five wins out of this. Dallas tonight, Boston at home, Grizzlies at home, Clippers at home, Lakers at home. That's only five. Am I missing one? Oh, maybe we only have five. We only have five of those left. We only have 11 games left. And we got to get two of them. Woo! That's hard. I mean, we're going to hope 46 gets tight. You're going to end up with tiebreakers with people you don't want to be in tiebreakers in. So to get, we got to get da- the two. We got to get Spurs, Golden State, or no, this is this is home. So this is our six. Sorry, I screwed that up. The six games that are should wins: Dallas tonight, Boston at home, Memphis at home, Lakers at home, Clippers at home. Those five, I thought there were six. So I think we got to get, we may have to get all five of those. Then we have games that are unlikelies are Spurs on a back to back, Golden State at Minnesota, Trailblazers on the final night of the year. And then we have two pickums. Left. Oh, I misread that. We do. We have two pickems left. So we have six games left that are... I, I, I missed that up. We have five games left. I don't know why I messed it up. It's right here in the numbers correctly. I probably said it right once. Five games left that are gimmies, and we have six games left that are pickems or unlikelies. That's our 11 left. And we got to find a way to get seven wins. Uh, I have not won Captain Class yet. Uh, Rob Taylor from Shamrock Auto has told me to read it. Um, I just, I don't get a lot of reading done in the season. I finished one book this year. It was great. Black Flag, The Rise of ISIS. Last year I finished Red Notice. Another great one. I usually finish one book a season. Uh, So grab that. Uh, how has the team been defensively with Dante on the floor per the eye test? It has lagged a little. That is not true. The team has been incredible defensively with Dante on the floor. It has been terrible offensively, though. We are having a hard time scoring with Dante on the floor. By the way, two other podcasts I uh, have out there for you today that are probably better than what you're listening to right now. Uh, Locked on NBA, Adam Silver interview. And Nate Duncan dunked on basketball. We did a lot, kind of the whole Gobert thing you've heard me talk a lot about uh, 
arguing about the value of a defensive player over an offensive player. Uh, Jason Harwood, regarding tanking, doesn't it assume that the players are also willing to tank just because a team has less good players doesn't mean they are tanking? I assume that players are playing hard. Right. We saw Atlanta played great the other night. Changing the draft won't help that. You still have bad teams. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. Um, I think the problem, there is an incentive right now to sit out a player or change your rotation or do some things to lose. And that, I think if we get into gambling, we're going to have to get rid of that. I think the draft is in a lot of trouble. Remember the last time we went, to, uh, we lost to Atlanta. We went on an 11-game win streak, and there's 11 games left. I will text that to Quinn Snyder today, just to let you know. I will, I will send that positive note. Uh, ETA on Neto's return. I don't, I don't think, I don't know. Two week evaluation, right? And then we'll see. Um, I'm not expecting it. From James Scott, I have traveled from Scotland going to the game Sunday. Cannot wait uh, to don a jazz or to Dan on the jazz since the early 90s. Cannot wait. Fan, maybe fan of the jazz since the early 90s from across the pond. We'll have a Scotland flag with me. Pumped to see the guys. Did he say more? And hopefully me too. Well, James, I will look forward to it. That's awesome. Great job. That'll that'll be super. Uh, Jordan Thompson, is our offense bad, just missing shots, or is running plays wrong and bad decisions are all the Like, we were never going to be a good offensive team at any point this season. No, I mean, really. Like, when did we suddenly think we were supposed to be a good offensive team? When the year started, the number one discussion with our roster was whether or not we a, a below-average offensive team and an elite defensive team could win. And in t- instead, we've been we've shown that an average offensive team and an elite, 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 crazy elite defensive team can win. But I don't think we ever had a time where we thought we were going to be good offensively. So, in fact, I think Quinn's system and the way we've played has allowed us to become better offensively than we are. Um, I mean, Jordan, is our offense bad just from just missing shots, or is it running plays, wrong, bad decisions, or all of the above? I guess the question you got to ask yourself is, what do you really think this offense is? Who, who do you think? Like, where do you? Right? Are you following me? Like, what? What's? What is it that you think this offense is actually capable of? We're going to win games because we're elite defensively. It, and we have been so elite defensively, you have to have that bad a night as we did against Atlanta to lose. But I, I, I don't think the day is coming where we look at this team and suddenly say, oh, here we come. We're going to offense. We don't have, we don't have like, our best offensive player ranks what in the NBA? Like, it's Donovan. I don't want you, I'm not going to answer that question of where I think Donovan ranks offensively in the NBA right now because you guys will kill me. I think he's incredible. I'm a huge fan. He's, he will become a better, he better become a better player than he is, which he will. Like, he's a rookie still. But he's not an elite He's an elite offensive skill set. He's done incredible things. 
his efficiency is not great right now. He's not in the elite offensive players in the NBA. That's a different class. He might get there. But we don't have that. Rudy is statistically our best offense player, you know, 70% on dunks and stuff of that sort. And that's a huge value to us. We, we don't have players who are naturally going to go get buckets. Ron's been making this point the whole time, that the bench is really missing that. We'll continue with your questions. Today's show brought to you by The Advocates. I really appreciate you guys supporting our sponsors. It allows us to get you guys the, the show for free, and it's nice for them to have faith in us. I, I, I get reports back all the time that you guys are great in, in supporting sponsors, and I, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. The Advocates have been around for 25 years helping people in times of need. Usually uh, most of their cases are car accident uh, situations. And you can call Utah. Go to utahadvocates.com, or you can call The Advocates at 801-355-5550. That's 801-355-5550. Here's what SEP, why why the advocates? Well, over the 25 years, they've built a 106-step process. They have this craft figured out, and they've gotten better and better and better. They They get good results. They make sure nothing bad happens. They treat you well. Each person has a different accent. Each person has a different desire. Want to make sure that you don't lose your job if you have hospital time. Make sure you get uh, your money back from all the damages that somebody else cost you. Whatever it might be, they're going to treat each of your cases individually. But the fact is that as it goes through the process, the process is the same. And they have a system that allows that process to be efficient. That efficiency means productivity, means better communication with you, and means expediting the process. You get put into this system, and it runs through with special teams while the lawyer's interacting with you. In fact, if you call 801-355-5555, a lawyer will call you within 60 seconds. That's 801-355-5550, utahadvocates.com. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. The NBA restart has its first big injury. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Orlando Magic forward Jonathan Isaac suffered a torn ACL in his left knee on Sunday. Listen to Locked On Magic for where Isaac and Orlando goes from here. To the ice. The qualifying series in the NHL are on, and the Minnesota Wild began with a 3-0 win over the Canucks. Joe Bully and Tony Abbott of Locked On Wild have a victory recap, and the Locked On NHL podcast has Western Conference playoff predictions. 
And finally, as college football conferences around the country try to figure out how they are going to restart, a group of Pac-12 players is demanding safety protocols and threatening to opt out of the season. I would point you to Locked On Big Ten podcast and a very interesting discussion on creative solutions to solve college football's mounting problems. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's take a few more questions. Did you ever talk about the referee versus coach disputes and what's going on in that front? Um, with Adam Silver, I did not. Kristen asked that question. Um, I haven't really gotten into that a lot. I, I, I generally, my general take is what we're asking the referees to do is unfair. That the league is too fast, that they, that we need to, I think actually almost have it so officials don't change sides of the floor. That too often plays are missed because officials are sprinting back and forth and trying to keep up with the game. Uh, you might be better off hot spotting from your phone. Depends on your carrier, uh, who your carrier is. T-Mobile is the best out there. So I have T-Mobile, and I can't hot spot to my carrier while I'm Facebook living off my phone, I don't think. So that's why. But I will probably have to do that throughout the day. Does the road get players focused again? It seems like long home stands create too much comfortability. There's probably an argument that our guys sat around at home and got told how great they were for 10 days, and everywhere they went, everyone talked about how great they are, and it came back and bit them a little bit. There's a chance. Do we underestimate how much Derek does for the offense? I should look at the number, uh, but that's what I have you for, right? (laughs) Um, I'm still confused on Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert combination. Honestly, Um, I think Derek's really, really good. I think Derek's going to be even better next year and the year after as he learns how to evolve in this league. I think he's going to shoot. I think he's going to go through a Millsap three-point shooting transformation. I feel pretty comfortable on that. Um, I mean, Millsap never shot better than about 30, 31%. Maybe one year in there he did. But I'm thinking um, I, I, I think Rudy and Derek combined very, very well defensively. What I don't know is if you kind of look at the numbers... Derek and Rudy are always playing starters. And so it's very hard to evaluate whether when they're playing, if they were playing non-starters, how they would do. But they're almost always on the floor against the other starting group. And what's tricky is every single bench unit that Rudy's on with, whether it's Jerebko or Crowder, has actually got a better plus-minus than Rudy with Derek. So... Is that enough to say that without Derek, actually everything would be better? I don't really believe that. Um, Is that just because they're against bench units? So it's a very complicated argument. The general feeling is that Favors and Gobert clog up the floor and struggle offensively. I mean, Donovan's numbers are actually much better when Rudy's off the floor than on the floor. Now, there's a lot to probably going on there. But it also might be that the floor's clogged a little bit. Right, that he's always rolling to the basket, he's never popping. Our offensive numbers are better when Derek's off the floor this year. I don't know. So, I mean, our defense, our offense was incredible against lower end defenses when Rudy was out. I really don't know 
honestly, and that's what I think is so tricky about this business. We all act like we know. I'm pretty close to it with a lot of that information, and I don't know. And I don't know how Dennis and those guys make those decisions. Uh, why didn't Quinn at the end of the Hawks game double-team Schroeder down the stretch and force another player to beat us? Have to go back and watch. If they weren't bringing a pick, it's pretty hard to bring a double. If they were bringing a pick, we were switching it, and so then you could have trapped and tried to get the ball out of his hands, maybe. They were usually doing it with Torrey and Prince, who's shooting about 47% from three since the All-Star break. So that would have been a pretty big gamble, though he wasn't good that night. Um... You would hope that Rudy's defense causes Schroeder to miss, and Schroeder's statistics would have eventually said he should have missed. I mean, I'm sure he's going to go about three for 21 tonight. So those are probably the reasons why. You could have done it. It doesn't work great in NBA usually. When Neto gets healthy, how are the minutes split between him and Exum? Don't know and don't know when Neto's getting healthy. Do you think Exum will end up stealing most of O'Neal's minutes? It seems like O'Neal gets after it on defense, but he's super limited offensively. As of right now, though, the same is true for Dante, right? Like, I don't... um, Dante is not going to come off missing this much time and jump to the player that we dream him to be one day that he's yet to be in his career. Like, that's... Right? Like, that's sometimes what I think I'm hearing from people is... Well, Dante is going to come back having only not played 65 games this year. Incredibly difficult task. And he's going to turn into the player that he has never been in his career that we hope he's going to be one day, which he might. That's a pretty unlikely scenario. So I don't think Dante takes Royce O'Neal's minutes. Um, but let's let Dante get his feet wet and play for a while and just get comfortable, and, like, I've probably been bad in say, talking about how we aren't scoring when he's on the floor. I'm not meaning that as a criticism of Dante. I think what we're asking him to do, which is gel into a team that's played 68 games together, and he's got to come running and try to figure it out, coming off a summer league where he'd shown new skills and developed, yet never has gotten a chance to try them against NBA talent. Remember, he played his two summer league games weren't even against NBA players. They're against Israel and Australia. Um, so... I think you it's just an incredibly difficult thing to ask and hard for him to do it well. Um, one of the most reoccurring comments from the players after Atlanta was that they had players that they held players and we need to fight through it. This seems to be the way teams were able to disrupt. Sure, we run cuts and picks and things of that nature and so absolutely and in the playoffs it's going to be even more so. So, no, there's no question that that's the script on you just have to fight through it. Like, you have to break through and not look for the officials and keep going. What do we do with O'Neal? He's obviously a valuable defensive player. But he's, um, seems like we shouldn't even let him touch the ball. Oh, I think you're overstating it, Brian. He's missing his shots, right? So he's not making his threes. That's what we're talking about. He's still um, – I, I am of the mindset right now that defensive players are really, really valuable, and that's what makes us great and that the baseline offensive player is not actually that bad. So right now, if you kind of Royce O'Neal, one of the less good offensive players, one of the best defensive players, I'll take that. That's who we are. That's our definition. Uh, I'm willing I'm willing to play with that. 
Uh, the problem was we just have, you know, he'd be better off if he was surrounded by a lot of shooters, and we don't have, um, we don't have a lot of great shooters. What is Ricky doing that he's drawing blatantly flagrant fouls nearly every game? He's a pain in the ass to play against. He's an absolute total pain in the ass, pest, pain in the ass to play with, and players don't like it. Play against. I mean, he is just up on you. He's grabbing. He's touching. He's holding. He's bugging you. He's doing all these things. Absolutely. It's not a coincidence that Dennis Schroeder, Jeff Teague, all these guys are going after Ricky. Ricky's the guy in the you don't want to play. Absolutely, what's going on there? Uh, Tyler Evans is trying to claim that Simmons is not a rookie. I mean, the league rules say he's a rookie. Like, I don't know what your claim is here. Like, Blake Griffin won it this way. Like, he hadn't played. I mean, I do I think it's an advantage to sit out a year in redshirt and then play? Sure, but he's, like, I, I don't understand. I, it's a useless argument, frankly, I guess is what I'm saying. Do I think it's an advantage? Yes. But is it worthwhile that you spend your time arguing it? No, because it's not going to change. About time someone said that about Donovan. Great decision maker, great control, really needs to work on his jumper. Sure, he's below 30% on his above the break off the bounce is off the bounce three and he's about 30% on his above the break and lower recently. Here's the story of my life today. This site could not be reached. Could you see that? I probably could just turn them on. Yeah, there it is. This has happened last time we stayed here too. Uh all right, final is Jokic worse defensively than he is good offensively? Denver can't stop anyone. I think it's a great question. Like if you ask most people who's better, Jokic or Gobert, I think most people take Jokic because he has better offensive numbers. I don't even think it's close. Um, the Denver Nuggets are last in the NBA in guarding the pick and roll. I don't know if that's Jokic or if it's the rest of their team, if it's their scheme. I'm just telling you that that's a fact. They're last in the NBA in guarding the pick and roll. All right, we've reached the 33-minute mark. That wraps up the show today. Thanks so much for tuning in and joining. Great questions. Always enjoy it. Friday's Pack Friday. Hopefully after a win in San Antonio. we getting the Spurs the next day. Let's go, Jazz. Tune in tonight on Radio. Ron and I will be with you from the upper parts of American Airlines Arena. We hope you're great. Talk to you soon. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.